Warning, the podcast Under the Stairs is not safe for work. We'll feature movie spoilers and language which most listeners may find offensive. Brought to you in conjunction with Legion Podcast Network. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is bonus episode number 56. I'm your host Duncan McLeish and welcome to the show. Now bonus episode 56 is the second part of our challenge teapot series for November 2017. This is the movie club and this is the listener reviews. Now a couple of weeks ago on bonus episode 55 I posed a little G-horror movie called Cold Fish. I put that out there You guys left me waiting, I was starting to get nervous that we're only going to have one or two reviews but at the end, in classic teapots fashion, you guys crammed in enough and we have seven reviews from listeners to cover on this episode. Now I just want to throw a huge thanks out to the regulars who are always submitting and some new names as well and some names that I haven't put in in a while so for everyone that put a review in for this time thank you very much you made this episode possible and never forget that we have one more movie club in 2017 and it will have a Christmas flavour for sure so keep your eyes peeled that episode will be dropping in the next week or so telling you what to do and when to get it in by now this is the beginning of what is going to be a hectic weekend of recording for me so FYI I'm recording this Friday night I'm going to be putting this episode out in just over an hour and a half that's the quick turnaround you get under the stairs I'll also be recording the Shiflanigans episode this weekend as well as finishing the Sleepaway Camp Russian Roulette franchise retrospective two recordings still to do for that both happening this weekend and then you will get shows firing out in quick succession. There is a ton of content coming in December. The podcast Under the Stairs will officially close doors um, about Christmas Eve is when our movie commentary drops, but that'll be recorded well in advance. The likelihood is podcast Under the Stairs will stop recording somewhere about the 15th, 16th of uh, December, and we won't start recording again until... uh, early January we always take a couple of weeks off to enjoy time with our family over the Christmas period and plot where the the next year of shows will go so it's just to let you know that yes I'll still be very much active on the old Facebook group page over Christmas but there'll be no new content from about Christmas Eve till about the first week in January now that's historically important for podcasts under the stairs that we have that little break we need to have a break from time time but that doesn't mean that the show quality up until that point will be rushed or won't be important at all because we have some fantastic listener choice movies for our listener choice December. Thus far and polls on the Facebook group page facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash cast you guys picked your dream double bill which is The Howling and An American Werewolf in London. Myself and the fantastic pectorially um, enhanced 
Andy Blockley will be looking at those. Then I asked for Christmas horror movies. You guys chose a Christmas horror story. That's right, we'll be talking about the chat on Under the Stairs. Um, joining me is uh, our traditional guest host for the Christmas horror movies, Ryan Lewis from Graveshift Radio, will be joining me for that. And there's at least one more poll to be run before then to pick another movie to be discussed. And you also get your Christmas movie commentary as well as movie club. Tons of stuff still coming up before the end of the year. Now, let's just get to it. I want to, to hear what you guys made of Coldfish. So I'm going to take my first break of this episode. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're also going to hear a little clip of Muzak. When I come back, I'm going to be discussing your reviews of Coldfish for Movie Club Challenge Teapots November 2017. All that and more coming up right after this. Hey, did you guys ever notice that podcasts talk about the same movies over and over again? Yeah, as much as I love Friday 13th, I don't need another show telling me how good it is. Exactly. Same thing goes for Halloween. It's a great movie, but come on, there's other stuff out there. There should be a show that highlights movies that everyone else seems to skip over. Like, oh, I always wanted to talk about Absentia. And I want someone to cover the room. The Skeleton Key's a good one. Then let's just do one. We can call it The ABCs of Hidden Horror, and we'll go through the alphabet talking about our favorite horror flicks that get ignored. Great idea! I know what my first one's gonna be. Join Brian, Dave, and me, Jamie, for the ABCs of Hidden Horror on the Horrorphilia Network, where we might discuss some of your neglected favorites or introduce you to something new.
welcome back. So, up first in this challenge, Teapot's Movie Club for Cold Fish um, is our good buddy Don Anelli. Now, Don cannot, I cannot emphasise enough how fucking awesome this guy is because whatever the challenge is, this man grabs onto it with two hands and he's usually the first one to submit like mere days after it's been announced and this was no exception. He got his review in about 10 days ago, so really like firing them out. Uh, when you take into account the guy also does a lot of podcast work and writes and reviews for websites as well. How the guy fits time in to do these things is beyond me, but I very much appreciate it. This is what Don said. Cold Fish turned out to be quite enjoyable overall. Things started immediately with the off-kilter plot and a rather fun plot that mixes together many elements. From the horror of the serial killer to the rather funny comedy of the shop owner and the drama of his family relationship. The business dealings with the fish stores at the beginning is an oddly engaging way of getting the serial killer aspects out, many of which are rather fun. There is brutality apparent in many of the scenes, with a glee in committing their crimes, which is a true blast. The later half, where it takes over the serial killer elements, are remarkably enjoyable being filled with the final realisation of his transformation while giving this a brutal, thrilling finish that really catapults this one significantly. While it may be fun to see all this play out, the overly complicated storyline that forces this one to run far too long is the biggest detriment here. This one could have been trimmed down and been a lot more manageable since its length is a bit ambitious for this kind of tale. But on a whole, this one still rates in a fine 4 out of 5. Thank you very much Don, I think me and you are 100% on the same page with our reviews for this movie. So let's turn it over to our next review and this one comes in from a long time listener, Michael McCloskey. He says, alright Duncan, Michael here with my first movie review for Movie Club. I hadn't sent one before as I'm fairly certain that my reviews would be rambling nonsense but seeing as you were covering my favourite director in Cian Sono, I thought I'd finally get a review sent off to you. We'll try and keep this short so it doesn't derail the show. Anyway, on to Coldfish, the second entry in Sono's Hate Trilogy, the first being Love Exposure, which happens to be my favourite film of all time and followed by the third entry, Guilty of Romance. Coldfish is unlike the other two films in the trilogy as it's based on true events and the case of a real-life pet shop owner and his wife who killed a fair number of people in Japan. As ever, many things have been changed to suit the film, but is nonetheless deserving of a based on a true story label more than a fair few horror films out there. You're telling me, Michael, you're telling me to watch a lot of them for this show. Anyway, back to his review. Coldfish, at its core, is a stylish but very dark and oddly comedic at times horror with some very surreal and offbeat black humour that keeps what could have been a run-of-the-mill serial killer flick very interesting. Sona's style is like nothing else. You always feel that you're in for something different with one of his films and that is very much the case with Coldfish. From the very opening of a wife shopping for that evening dinner, the way the scene is cut in a very fast manner and to dramatic music grabs your attention and makes a rather mundane task weirdly intense and sets up for the zany offbeat style of Sono perfectly. 
The plot for Coldfish follows the rather shy, reserved owner of a tropical fish shop named Sayamoto, whose life and family are slowly wrapped up in the world of a fellow fish shop owner, Murata, who while on the surface at first appears like a fairly charismatic and friendly, if albeit a little odd guy who happens to be in reality a raving lunatic and mass murderer. When Saimoto's daughter gets into trouble with Murata, the mad shop owner slowly manipulates his way into the family's lives and ropes Saimoto into his evil schemes and things quickly spiral out of control. There's considerable gore in Coldfish but it's often so over the top it's almost comical. Coldfish really isn't about the blood and guts and it's more a commentary on Japanese society, social breakdown and family. These elements really elevate the film along with Sona's overall direction and make it a very compelling film and one of my fave Sona works. I would rate it 4 out of 5 on the Netflix scale and would suggest it to all Japanese horror cinema fans as well as people who may be looking for something a bit out there and strange. So it's a high recommend from me. Cheers. Thank you very much Michael. Once again I think we're all kind of, so far anyway, we're all landed about the same here. Much love for a wee bit Sia Sono and a little bit of that movie called Coldfish. So the last review of this first segment within the podcast is an audio review and it's coming from our good buddy Lee Russell from the Must Be Destroyed On Site podcast. Lee says, Okay, Duncan, this is Lee Russell back for another entry into the movie club. So we're doing Cold Fish from 2010 this time out and... Really didn't know what to make of this one. Uh, I had to watch it twice. For the majority of this film, I didn't really consider it to be a horror movie so much. I mean, it's much more a family drama, much more a crime drama. The horror elements are very much put to the back of the film, for the most part. If, if you want to count those parts uh, as quote-unquote horror and usually I'm pretty liberal about that. There's definitely movies that I consider horror that people would not consider horror, but I don't know if it quite fits as a horror movie for me, to be quite honest. Honestly, the really shocking stuff in this is more the sexuality. The various scenes of rape and pseudo-rape in this film come off as much more in-your-face and shocking than any of the gory moments in this film. The gore feels very subdued, and uh, almost takes a back seat to some of the black comedy and then just overtly comic book nature to some of the scenes in this film. The film seems concerned with commenting on abuse of power, sort of on the real problems within Japanese society, I'm assuming is what the director's trying to get at here. Some of the traditions that are maybe destroying Japanese society from the inside out. Um, you know, typical family, uh, traditional values, uh, the place of women in society in Japan. All those things seem to be getting commented upon a little bit here and there. But I think the biggest problem with this film is that it takes too long to get to any of these points. It just sort of briefly goes to them and then goes away. There's like a two and a half hour film here and really it should have been shrunk down to about 90 minutes, I think. I could have easily hacked an hour out of this, and I think the point would have been made much sharper, honestly. But this has too much time to go to certain asides and to do the same thing over and over again a little too much to the point where it gets a little boring in parts, I felt. That being said, it's a beautifully shot film. Um, it's beautifully acted. 
Uh, I think the actor Dindin as Yukio Murata, I guess. He really stands out. He's a great actor. He uses that uh, traditional type of Japanese acting, one of the traditional types anyway, which is the more theatrical overacting. But here it works for his character because he's just such a straight-out psychopath that he manages to blend that into his character and make it feel believable that he is just that guy. And everyone else sort of tones themselves down around him for the most part. I mean, there's a couple actors who also sort of go for that theatrical style, but they don't reach his heights at all. He just does a great job, and he is both menacing and funny and creepy. Meanwhile, Mitsuru Fukikoshi, I guess, uh, as Nobuyuki Sayamoto, he's really good too. He's the other side of the coin here. He's He plays this very quiet, meek, joyless foil to the psychopath, and he's easily pushed around, but by the end of the film, they make a point of Murata basically brings out Sayamoto's uh, repressed desires, the repressed side of him, what, what he really wants, and basically gets to the core of the problems within his family, with his, uh, with his new wife and his daughter, and all the sort of issues that are between these people, um... It, it, it does it does work in, in that sense, uh, but again, I think it takes too long getting to it. And it's a very bleak outlook. It's like no one really, no one really wins here. Everyone's just kind of destroyed. That's fine. I guess that's where the horror comes in at the end, finally. That, uh, yeah, every, everyone's life is just a desolate mess at the end of this thing. And uh, uh, Sayamoto is sitting there on a chair, caked in blood, is wife who he's just raped in the one of the previous scenes and his daughter who he's physically abused are uh, in the police car staring at him I think with hatred I think their lives are all kind of ruined um again I, I don't know I'm kind of rambling here to be honest Duncan um I enjoyed the movie somewhat but again I've I, and I feel like I'm doing what the movie does it keeps repeating different things over and over again to the point where it just gets really boring I probably put half the audience to sleep right now who's listening to this but yeah, it just, it didn't work overall for me. Like, I, I did enjoy it, but I don't think it necessarily works overall because it's just too goddamn long. It's got the Japanese weirdness in it. It's got the uh, oogling of hot young Japanese women. Uh, it's got the required rape scenes, apparently, that you need in a Japanese film these days. I don't know why. At least the film's trying to comment on those things, so I give it kudos for that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know, uh what my conclusion so much is other than it was too long so uh, and I felt like it just couldn't make its point which again this is what this review is doing um, I'm gonna give it two and a half stars so I'm gonna give it a bare pass but I just felt like it didn't get to the point quick enough but it, it is saved somewhat by really great performances and an interesting switch up from using the gore as the over-the-top shocking shit and instead using the rape and the abuse of power as the shocking moments in this film. And it's trying to make a point of that. So uh, good for them. Because usually they, these things just seem to turn into uh, gore-drenched geek shows. And this didn't do that. The gore, even though, honestly, it is kind of extreme, it felt very muted. Two and a half out of five. And I look forward to seeing what comes next month, and I look forward to hearing other people's opinions on this one, because honestly, again, I didn't really know what to make of it 100%, so uh, hopefully some other people will 
be able to clue me in here. All right, Duncan, take care. And thanks very much to Lee Russell for submitting his review. Unfortunately, the movie didn't quite resonate with him the way it does with myself, but I always enjoy hearing different opinions. And to be honest with you, a lot of what he says in there, I can't necessarily fault it. It just doesn't bother me as much as it, it took you out of the movie. But as always, can't recommend They Must Be Destroyed on site enough. It's a fantastic podcast and uh, they do some killer stuff over there covering so many genres and so many movies that you need to do yourself a favour and when this episode finishes, jump over there. They Must Be Destroyed on site podcast for the motherfucking win. Right, it's time for me to jump out. This is my second break of the show. You're going to hear promos for shows that I love. You're going to hear another little bit of music. When I return, it's another four reviews, closing out our uh, Challenge Teapots Movie Club for November 2017. All that and more coming right up, right after this. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try... They must be destroyed on sight! The new podcast cure-all, sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, Dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening.
Welcome back. So up next, and for I think this might be her uh, debut, uh, Sarah Palmer, um, long-time listener now. I think she's been listening to us for a couple of years. Uh, always active on the Facebook group page, and we do love our Sarah Palmer. She says, Hi Duncan, sorry it's late, but here's my review for Coldfish. Coldfish is simply a masterpiece in bleak. This is a good thing, as there's nothing else like it. The plot is nothing short of chilling. Shimoto is downtrodden by his brat daughter and his vacant wife, whose cooking leaves a lot to be desired. You're telling me, Sarah, that meal did not look appetising at all. Sarah goes on to say. And this is who we are destined to follow on a strange tale of murder and Morata the sleaze. Without giving away too much, almost feels like a preserve coming of age with Shimoto blossoming over being bullied by the bully. Coalfish has fabulous gore grotesque humour and the most repugnant rape scene put to film. The Ramatas are stars of the show and made me think of a Japanese Fred and Rose West. All these elements put together make it for a wonderfully dark comical watch. It's a 4 out of 5 from me. Thank you very much for that review Sarah and we look forward to getting many more from you in the future. Now let's swing it to our good buddy Gavin Taylor. Gavin says, let me start by saying that even at the 1 hour 20 mark, I wasn't fussed about this film. For starters, it feels like it's about 45 minutes too long and I think the first two acts have real pacing issues. There are no real likeable characters. I found the character of Morata very OTT and quite annoying. Even the dismemberment scenes weren't really doing anything for me. That being said, it all changed when it got to the final act. I thought the last 30 minutes were phenomenal. The switch in the main char character, Saimoto, is so sudden and full on. You really feel all that pent up frustration and anger finally being released in a very satisfying and somewhat uncomfortable way. Looking back, this film totally redeems itself by the end and I think on second watch I will be able to appreciate the build up to the finale a lot more. I would give this a 3 out of 5, nice choice here Duncan. Had it not been for Movie Club, this film may have passed me by and I look forward to my second viewing. Cheers, Gav. Thanks very much, Gav. Um, yeah, this is one I've seen a few times, so um, I get the pacing issues and I get the tonality, especially in the first act, is a bit squiffy. Um, but yeah, the end of that film really does just kind of leave you cold. And I do appreciate any movie that makes me feel a bit cold by the end. So up next, it's an audio review from our good buddy, Dern Wilson from the Psycho Semanticast. That's available on Legion Podcast Network. And it's worth saying that I... Myself, I'm featured on their most recent episode talking about the people under the stairs. So I would say that I talk quite a lot about the movie, but to be honest, it's a political show. And me, Dern, and Smoke from the Midnight Horror Show descend into a very long and protracted political argument. Uh, I wouldn't even call it an argument, actually. I would say debate. Heated debate at times, but for the most part, hopefully it's enjoying. If you listen to that show, I would hope you're listening to it for not only movie reviews, for but for a little bit of politics as well. So anyway, this is what Darren Wilson said about Coldfish. Hey, it's Darren from over at the Psycho Semanticast. Here we are at another Teapot's Movie Club. 
I couldn't, I just couldn't get enough of you talking about conspiracy movies. So here we are again, talking about 2010's Cold Fish by Sion Sono. My Japanese pronunciation isn't too good. I actually don't know a whole lot about Japanese and Asian cinema. I, I'm not completely unversed, but I definitely had never heard of Cold Fish before. So yeah, like you said, uh, Siyamoto is kind of a cold fish, and he enters a world that he wasn't necessarily ready for, <laughs> to, to put it mildly. Uh, yeah, his angry teenage daughter gets caught stealing. She ends up working for a crazy motherfucker. But yeah, you said to look out for the visuals. It was really dark and very aquatic. I, I remember the Amazon fish store or whatever, the, the main fish store felt very claustrophobic, almost as if the fish tanks were just gonna tumble in on top of all the women slaves that he had working there, which was a little, seemed troubling to me. It was very bleak, and I feel like as the story got bleaker, more bleak, so did the lighting. Some of the music felt either out of place or so out of place that it worked. You know, like a brutal murder in a movie and there's a 1950s love song playing in the background, that sort of thing. Uh, the thing that really stands out is the, the sort of calliope music at the very end. I, I didn't get as much of the comedy out of this, but I don't watch a lot of Asian comedy. If it's some of the characters, especially the the guy's crazy uh, co-conspirator uh, and the main killer, seemed like they would be perfectly at home in something like Visitor Q. And I know you talked about Takashi Miike and Siyamoto's transformation is very drastic. And I, I'm trying to keep this relatively vague too, since this. Definitely, a, a, like you said, it's it's a known movie, but it's really easy for somebody to have missed this one. But um, the transformation of the meek man, sort of opposite the deepening lunacy and twistedness of the killer, sort of progressing in tandem. I might disagree a little bit that you said it doesn't feel like it drags its feet. Uh, I feel like the first half hour or so felt like it was at least an hour long. Definitely felt a lot longer than the rest of the movie. Uh, but that, yeah, that first half hour, 45 minutes or so, I was getting a little nervous that I was not going to like this movie. But I really got into it, and uh, I started watching it for me, not just watching it for the movie club. And yet, the acting was great. You know, the... The, the scene, the sort of interrogation scene at the table where everybody's sitting around and getting aggravated. It's very dramatic. And holy shit, I did not see that ending coming. Pleasantly surprised. All the way around. So yeah, uh, <laughs> this has gone on too long anyway and I haven't really said much. I ended up really liking this movie. I would definitely give it a, a 4 out of 5 stars. So hopefully this review doesn't suck so much that you want to make me invisible. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. 
And thank you very much to Darren Wilson of the fantastic Psycho Semanticast. Go across and check out his work over there. It's always good to hear from Darren, who I have no doubt has made more memes of me in the last month than has ever been made um, by anyone else, collectively as a group of individuals listening to the show ever. Yeah, I've had my head photoshopped onto more things than I thought was possible, and I dare say this is just the tip of the iceberg. So let's swing it to our last review, and this one comes in from David Garrett Jr. He says, Hello again, Duncan. I hadn't heard anything about this film. Now, seeing that this was November Movie Club Challenge, I found Cold Fish to be a whirlwind of craziness. I love how they introduced Shimato. You can feel the tension and the awkwardness during that dinner scene. He's a complacent and every way sort of character until he finally snaps. You can feel it coming and when it does, it was great. Mr. Murata was insane and his plan makes sense how it could work for a stretch. I do wonder if he could have really gotten away with it, with the things like he did for so long had he done this. I mean, when I was reading that, David, at first I thought you were going to say he could have got away with it if it wasn't for that meddling kids and their dog. <laughs> Sorry, couldn't help it. Duncan's sense of humour will derail any conversation. Anyway, let's get back to your review. It says, The pace of the film was interesting in that Shimato never really agrees to do a lot of these things and he gets forced into doing it. Being timid and not standing up for himself it causes a lot of trouble for what he gets into. I do like that the film slows down for a bit to allow us to breathe before it goes right back into it. It did not feel like a two and a half hour movie. The ending is great as well as seeing Shimoto completely broken. I loved the gore and it looked pretty realistic. I would rate this 4 out of 5. Thanks again for having this movie challenge and for allowing me to review this film. Looking forward to the next one, David Garrett Jr. Thank you very much for sending in your review, David. Always good to hear from you. And trust me, Movie Club will keep turning on and keep moving right into 2018. I've already got some movies picked aside. And I'm even starting to think getting other podcasters and even listeners to start putting forward movies they think other listeners should watch and get them to, to either submit in a bit of writing or statements. So keep your eyes peeled for them coming in 2018. So, that was our final review, which means it's time to jump out for the last break of the show. I'm going to be closing it out, and I'm going to do that right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. you've been listening to the podcast under the stairs this has been bonus episode number 56 the second part of challenge teapots november 2017 movie club looking at your reviews listener reviews of cold fish by Sio sono from 2010 thank you very much to everyone that sent in a review you guys are the reason that these segments keep coming back and i look forward to many more discussions about many more styles genres and areas of horror cinema as we move along into 2018. There is one left in this year and it will be Christmas themed so keep your eyes peeled for that. That will be dropping in the next week or so and that will give you a bit of time 
amongst all the manic stuff that everyone has to do and getting pre uh, prepared for Christmas to get those movie reviews in for the final one of 2017. But like I said, there is a ton of stuff still to come up. Uh, Podcast Under the Stairs will return on Monday. God willing, you will hear the second instalment of our, I should I say second and final instalment of our Sleepaway Camp Russian Roulette franchise retrospective with reviews of part three, part four and Return to Sleepaway Camp featuring Mike Murphy from the Badasses, Boobs and Body Counts. Um, Dave Z from Exploding Heads and tons of other podcasts and um, closing it out with Jerry Herring from Kill the Cast so yeah that episode should be coming out on Monday looking forward to dropping that one um, I get a feeling it's going to be very animated and we're going to hear a lot of swearing on it which is always great for me and uh, then we'll be trundling on there is a Shiflanigans episode that is also due to drop as well very much looking forward to that as well as additional content in to December there's a multitude of ways to check out the podcast under the stairs we always advocate that you check us out through Apple Podcasts and if you do subscribe to the feed over there that way you get the episodes as and when they drop as well as access to the entire back catalogue of T Putts episodes leave us a rating and a review the ratings are super important the more of them we get for example five stars the higher up the iTunes charts were pushed for people to find this show. Reviews are also super important as well, though, because they tell people why they should check out podcasts under this day. So we've not had um, some reviews for a little while. So if you're a new listener checking us out through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a little rating and a review. It costs you nothing, takes seconds to do, and it's the best way to support this show. I also want to say that you can check us out through Stitcher Smart Radio, SoundCloud, TuneIn and Google Play. Visit our Facebook group page, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash tputzcast. Visit our website, tputzcast.com. Now you want to be on that and go to the bottom and sign up for our newsletter because we've not put out a newsletter for almost two months, but I'm changing that. In the month of December, I have three boxes of goodies going out. So there'll be a competition each week in the first three weeks of December, launched through our newsletter. You can only enter through the newsletter and each of them will be a horror block box full to bursting with goodies. So keep your eyes peeled for that. There'll be a competition every week in the first three weeks of December. Three prize boxes going out early 2018 to the listeners that get involved with that. And we'll also, I'm going to chib Baz when I see him, we'll also get... The two DVDs, Outstanding, um, which I believe were Tusk and El Super Bisto, out to uh, Dino, Big Dino Martin and uh, Myron Schmidt this month because um, we have been terrible at that. That has not been good. I'm not impressed with the fact that we've had that line at Bazzi's to get signed for ages and nothing has happened since. So we will get them out as well. So join the the newsletter by going to tputzcast.com, scrolling to the bottom of the page, put your email in, join our uh, newsletter feed and that way we can send out those competitions starting first week in December. Three weeks, three boxes full of goodies. Right, um, also while you're at it, check us out the Twin Prongs of Social Media Sexness, Twitter and Instagram. Both can be found at at tputzcast. Again, a huge thanks to those that bought a Baz flag t-shirt. Uh, the money that came back from that, from that campaign, have paid for the name for the Teapots website for another year, as well as bought Baz a much better mic, which he's over the moon for. I believe he thanked you all on Facebook, but it's worth repeating again. Thank you very much for supporting this show. So I'm going to jump out from here right now, and um, I will be speaking to you all about some Sleepaway Camp 
uh, when the show comes back on Monday. But wherever you are, whatever you're up to, whatever the time zone is in this big bad world, please enjoy your weekend. Be safe. This is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs. And I'm signing off. Crusher, 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 Crusher,